0: If you've got an accountant that you only speak to once a year, that's not very helpful when your ship is sinking. People don't want that from an accountant anymore. They don't want an annual transaction. They need an ongoing business relationship, someone that is going to coach them and hold their hand through those processes and actually really, really mentor them. And being a business owner can be an incredibly lonely place. That's where the accountant's role is changing. Welcome to the
1: Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Who'd have ever thought... Accountancy practice could be grown from Instagram. Well, Rachel Martin is doing just that. She's uh, forced to be reckoned with real powerhouse of great, innovative ideas. She brings a whole new, fresh, and some would argue, long overdue update and modernization to the accountancy profession, specializing in working with uh, women in business and specifically uh, female. Influencers on social media. Fascinating conversation about women in business and about um, the impact of the global pandemic on her work and that of her clients, and the part that Instagram is playing in the growth of her business. Hello, and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here. Welcome back. Today, I've got the great pleasure of chatting with Rachel, Rachel Martin of Accountant She. Rachel, Before I let Rachel speak, actually, um, don't worry, we are going to breathe some some energy, uh, some passion, and a different view of looking at the world of business, of accountancy, of apprenticeships in this conversation. So, Rachel, uh, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast.
0: Hi Gavin, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, Like Gavin said, my name Rachel and I'm the founder of a company called Accountancy and we are a female-led accountancy firm and we specialise in working with female business owners, influencers and entrepreneurs.
1: Fantastic and so you, you're like the antithesis to, um, actually uh, this is your phrase which you've just shared with me before I pressed press record which I love so I'm not going to steal your thunder on this. So you are um, you know, to the antithesis to the accountancy profession of
0: We are stepping away from the stereotype of an accountant being a stale, pale male.
1: Stale, pale, male. I'm that. <laughs> and of course of, of course Rachel suggested I might even fall into the same category, so <laughs> <laughs> So tell um, me the importance about the, uh, around, obviously you've, it, it's a niche, it's something really important to you about focusing on supporting um, women in business, but also particularly female influences, as if I've understood that correctly.
0: Yes. Yeah. So the background to the business really is, um, I've just got a couple of statistics that, that actually paint the picture quite well. So at the moment, one in three entrepreneurs are female. However, in the last 12 months, women actually made up six of the newly self-employed category and that was data that was collected by HM Treasury in 2019 and across the globe the share of women among small business owners has reached nearly 40% and that's up from a tiny 4.6 in 1972. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an industry that really is growing very rapidly so from an entrepreneurial perspective there really has never been a better time to specialise in working with female business owners and I think from there, we can almost split the fact that women aren't evenly represented in business into two separate parts. The first part is to look at the reasons that actually stop women from starting their own businesses. And the second is actually ensuring that the wider outlook of women in business changes and that it's not only important just to women why there aren't women in business it's actually everybody's problem
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and to make sure that everybody understands that there really are key benefits of women in business on a micro and macroeconomic level so if we speak firstly about the reasons why more women aren't becoming business owners um forbes conducted interviews and studies into the difficulties that women face when starting a business and they cited lack of guidance imposter syndrome and access to funding or finance as limiting factors and accountant she was founded with the goal of being able to actually take those three individual points and provide female business owners with either solutions or to support them through that
1: and why um i i think many many uh, men listening to this would also uh, be able to acknowledge imposter syndrome and it's well reported that i think of uh, statistics to the effect of of 80% 80% of all listed you know CEOs of all publicly listed companies have have or have suffered at some stage from imposter syndrome why do you think it acts as or does it act as any more of an impediment and obstruction to to women setting up their own business than to
0: men so when when imposter syndrome was first sort of aimed I've, it's always been a thing that people have felt but when it was first named it was actually thought that it impacted women much more severely than men or much more women than men and actually it's not more women speak about it and actually the more research that they've put into it it impacts men and women evenly sure. um so just anyone listening that doesn't know what imposter syndrome is the the technical definition is the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and yeah. not not because of your talent or your qualifications so Have you ever felt like you don't belong, like your friends or your colleagues are going to discover that you're a fraud and that you don't actually deserve your job or your accomplishments? And I know you, Gavin, recently spoke to Trish Marks on your podcast about self-sabotage, and that's a really, really similar topic. So it's definitely not female only, but women actually cited that as a top reason why they wouldn't start their own business, whereas I think men would start it and worry about imposter syndrome later.
1: (laughs) Sure. And, and what, what's the difference in access to finance? You know, how, how is the, the gender uh, component uh, affect access to finance?
0: Great question. So <laughs> only 7% of private equity and venture capital, capital is invested in female-led businesses. 7%? 7%.
1: Wow.
0: And statistically, female-led businesses will receive 65% of the funding received by male-led businesses. So two companies, same pitch, they would offer the woman 65% of the money that they would offer the man. And the reasons behind that bias are listed as bias during the investment process, incorrect assumptions made by the investors about female-led businesses, and fewer women in positions of seniority at influencers' firms. And... What we at she do to, to make sure that that isn't an issue for the people that we work with is, firstly, we empower the women to thrive and not just survive. So we educate them about self-funding business models and methods. So how actually you can, if that is an issue for you. Generate and grow your business to the point where you don't need finance. And secondly, we're an official accountant partner of Starling Bank, and Starling is a female-led company. And their founder, and I can <laughs> see Gavin grinning because he knows what I'm talking about. Their founder, Anne Bowden, was the first female founder of a British bank, and they are 100% committed to their Women in Finance Charter. So that's what we accountants Accountancy do to almost discourage that bias um, against female representatives in finance.
1: Fantastic. And you also have a specialism around influencers yes. in particular. So yeah, presumably you work with um, more women in business than, than just the influencer population. But what is it about the influencer sort of niche market that really appeals to you and you find the calling to want to help them?
0: Mm. So accountant she started as an Instagram platform I run the business predominantly I, I have websites and lots of other um, ways that people can get a hold of me but predominantly I run a platform on Instagram and I think firstly I understand influencers pain points um, I understand that their time is money their time is important to them they are creative and they need somebody to deal with the things that they don't have time to deal with um, the second thing as well is um, this is a nice little segue into, so this is never mentioned on a social media platform. So Gavin's actually got an exclusive on the fact that we have a book, an ebook, coming out on the 23rd of October, and it is the Tax Guide for Influencers. So I mentioned before that business guidance is a top factor in women not starting their own businesses. And I work with a lot of influencers and women who generate income from online activity and sorts of platforms who really need the guidance of an accountant but either either they aren't quite at the point where they can afford an accountant or they would actually quite like to keep it all in-house and keep things under their own control until they really need to outsource that requirement so the book is a tax guide so it talks you through everything from allowable expenses what counts as income all the way through to this is what a tax return looks like and this is what goes in what box so it really really covers all bases and a lot of people are aware that in 2019 the competition and markets authority published a report into the disclosure of paid endorsements on social media platforms and the report singled out 16 celebrities who subsequent subsequently had to agree to be more transparent about being paid to endorse products and so with that the book also discloses lots and lots of very important information on what's a paid post what you have to disclose and then we even cover the law around the law around those paid posts sponsored posts and the revenue recognition which is currently a huge topic in the accountancy world and we really lay bare exactly what the requirements are around revenue recognition for influencers because it's not just turnover
1: I can't believe it. You're actually taking a concept like revenue recognition and make it sound engaging.
0: Yes. So I don't speak accountant. I only speak English. That's important and to, to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it, 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 and that's what people want. Yes. People speak in... Day to you know, day to day down to worth uh straightforward language and they don't necessarily they go glaze over, don't they, when they start using yes. accountancy type language or 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 um or labels. Like a guidance, imposter syndrome, access to finance. So we touched on the access to finance piece, self-funding, yep. um, a business partner to or or, or accounting partner to Starling bank. A bank which I think are fantastic in in their whole approach and the whole customer experience and customer journey, and um, love what they're doing in the space. Um, One of the things for business owners is when they have an idea is uncertainty, or, or prospective business owners is doubt about is it going to work or not? Is the market going to buy my idea? That could then, that level of doubt, could help fuel or further fuel the imposter syndrome. So, how do you help your clients, would be business owners, female business owners that you talk to who engage with you on Instagram? How would you help them get a level, get beyond doubt so that they actually take the first steps? Because the guidance piece and almost the finance piece, although they're obstacles, they pale into insignificance if you don't get started in the first place.
0: Yes. So absolutely. how do
1: you how do you get them how do you get them started? How do you give yeah. them the confidence to move beyond hey am i good enough to do this?
0: Yeah. So again again it falls back into imposter syndrome. So I work very closely with my clients to to help them rationalize those thoughts, have open conversations about identifying those feelings and and working together to really recognize their achievements in a more positive way. But like you say, that's fine. That
1: sounds like the work a business coach would do, though.
0: Yes, yeah, it is. And actually, that's where the role of an accountant is changing. And I think COVID actually highlighted that for a lot of people, um, that if you've got an accountant that you only speak to once a year, that's not very helpful when your ship Mm. is sinking. People don't want that from an accountant anymore. They don't want an annual transaction. They need an ongoing business relationship, someone that is going to coach them and hold their hand through those process and actually really, really mentor them. And being a business owner can be an incredibly lonely place. That's where the accountant's role is changing. And like you say, it's more of a business coach, someone and, that can...
1: And the accountancy profession absolutely needed that. I, I spoke at a number of events for the Institute of Chartered Accountants of England where it 10 plus years ago. And you know having qualified with them, I just said that, we were trying to position accountants as being a go-to business advisor. And I said, the problem is your business owners, your entrepreneurial community don't see your accountant as a business, a go-to business advisor. They see an accountant as someone that's a transactional, historic looking engagement. Yes, I've got to get a tax return done. Yes, I've got to do, depending on the size of the business, a set of, you know, statutory accounts. And the, the, it feels that the accountant then is both, uh, Sort of, sort of uh, pigeonhole into um, it, it's an necessary evil rather than a value add. So it's a real delight to to hear, see and, and observe and, and, and feel a growing wave of people in the profession, like you know spearheaded people like yourself, Rachel, coming through to be able to say, we actually have got schools, knowledge, insight to help you grow your business. Yes, we might have a transactional nature of a you know compliance nature, not more than transactional, but. We, we know we're so much more able to help you to, to grow your business.
0: That's where it comes on to the third point of reasons why women don't start a business, and that's the business guidance. Mm-hmm. So if you can find an accountant that can cover off your top three reasons why you're not doing it, then you have no excuse. <laughs> But under under business guidance, so I really, really educate women about their own businesses and I'm studying an MBA and I'm really able to apply and teach the modules covered on the MBA and and coach my clients through their businesses and um, something that we do offer to every client is always free training to all clients to ensure that a knowledge gap is no longer a barrier to entry and we're really really empowering clients to take control of their own finances and really really understand it because it makes our life and our job easier and those clients are the clients who are really really going to sing and shout about how incredible you are is that you're empowering them to to do it themselves if they want to and save money or just know and understand what you're doing and be able to Hop onto their software, run a report, and go back to a bank rather than having to consult their accountant. And it just, we're just empowering people and educating people about their own businesses.
1: And your approach, your journey into the um, training and qualifying in the on your accountancy journey hasn't been the normal approach, as that you followed an apprenticeship approach, which I think has probably given you a really uh, savvy, down to worth, pragmatic look at the world and, and in particular of what clients or female business owners or would-be female business owners need in order to be successful probably got more of a flavor from taking an apprenticeship approach than maybe you've you've done through you know a more traditional training approach so can you talk to a little bit about what the apprenticeship approach has done for you and how you think that might have influenced you
0: yeah absolutely so I'm a huge advocate for apprenticeships I think I've seen in my personal life, how much it benefited me. Um, So technically, under personality types, I would fall into an ISTJ. So I'm quite introverted person. Shock, I'm an accountant. Um, I am quite an introvert, but actually from a very young age, being parked at a desk with a phone and to take on all of the office junior roles from a young age it actually breaks down all of those barriers where actually if I was sat at university hiding behind my textbook, I would have actually, I'm not sure I ever would have been able to overcome those. And that's the first thing. Um, so it's all of the social business skills that you learn um, from a very young age, very, very helpful. Um, the second thing is actually now, now I am a business owner. I firmly and thoroughly understand the business benefits to hiring an apprenticeship, an apprentice all the way from cost to value like return on the salary paid I think apprenticeships are malleable moldable you can shape them and grow them into advocates for your business um, not that you wouldn't get that from a graduate but actually to have someone who is a little bit younger and growing with you growing with your company I yeah I, I can't say better things about apprenticeships and it 100% changed my life changed the trajectory of my career and has molded me and shaped me into a person that I say I'm quite proud of
1: and rightly so Hi, Gavin here. I wanted to say a huge thank you. Thank you to all of you who have bought a copy of my book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. The feedback's been excellent. Copies have gone to all four corners of the planet. I'm so grateful and humbled. I also wanted to let you know that now the audio book version is out. The audio format can be got from audible.co.uk or audible.com or from my website, surviveandthrive.cc. It was a lot of fun recording the audiobook and hopefully you'll pick up my passion as I take you through all the insights, strategies, and case studies to help you not only survive but thrive through uncertain times. So go to audible.com or audible.co.uk to check out survive and thrive by Gavin Preston or grab it from my website surviveandthrive.cc <laughs> Can you give me an example of maybe some of the experiences that you had as an apprentice? that maybe somebody who had gone through uh, a more traditional training um, where they'd done a degree and then they did, would do training contract with an accountancy firm and Absolutely. Off yeah. So, yeah. So I examples. actually had
0: um, a really, really close friend who went to university and did accountancy at university. Yeah. So at the point that she graduated, she was 19, Are you 19,
1: 21,
0: 21. She was 21. She'd graduated, she had a degree in finance, and I'd, yep. been an apprenticeship, I'd been an apprentice for three years. The first important fact to remember is that she then went into the junior role that I went into three years prior.
1: Really? Wow.
0: So no one, and I mean no one, will take you unless you have experience. Yeah, and that's yeah. a real, real difficulty in, in, the, egg, accounting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the accounting industry. So that's the first thing from, a, from an apprentice's point of view. You, your peers that you're almost competing with that are at university start three years behind you. The second thing is if you had a an accountancy graduate versus a three-year accountancy apprentice and you sat them both at a desk and said, can you open QuickBooks, run a balance sheet and tell me how much is in my retained earnings, the apprentice would be able to because they would have three years experience on a computer using software, dealing with clients and running reports. And... and the graduate would be able to tell you in theory all about what a balance sheet is and what that retained earnings figure means, but wouldn't be able to drive the computer, log into QuickBooks and run that report for you. And that's really where that value comes. And the the skills that you can't even name, that's that's where the apprentice picks it up. And that's a real really big difference that, that I found personally is you're just, it, at the time, it's it feels like you're taking the slow lane because you're not going to university. And actually, all of a sudden, you look around you and you're in the front, you're at the front.
1: And you, um, you've not only have you got the experience, you're still doing the studies, you're still doing the theoretical part of it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm AAT qualified. The the company's now chartered. So we have all of the, all of the qualifications that all of my, my peers do.
1: And where was the calling about wanting to build your business off the platform of Instagram?
0: So I think actually that's where my MBA met my um, accounting skills and we had just done our entrepreneurship and new venture creation module and i was on instagram and searched the word accountant and i think four people came up um, Wow! three people were based in america and one was australian and there's
1: a gap in the market there it
0: was tum- it was tumbleweed there was a massive yeah. gap in the market so 24 yeah. hours later accountantsheet.com was made and Rachel came, so (laughs) um, yeah, huge gap in the market. Um, Instagram as a platform is absolutely fantastic. It's a very, very supportive network. I've never reached out to anyone for help and someone said no. It is a community all in itself. I think lockdown has seen Instagram change into, it's almost seen those barriers to entry disappear. People who've always thought like, if I had the time, I would do that. Or when things change, I'll do that. And actually some people have been furloughed for 6 months now with no excuses. So everybody who's ever wanted to do something they're incredibly passionate about are doing it. And that's where I'm there to to help them, help them grow, guide them and um provide the women with sustainable funding.
1: And particularly as the furlough scheme comes to an end or is likely to or when it's supposedly going to come to an end you're going to see a, a great increase in, in people looking for other sources of income. And I, I think you'll see a great, an even, uh, larger sort of acceleration of um, both men and women, but women in particular, going into the gig economy, the self-employed economy and um, your services to help and guide and support and, and encourage them are now needed more than ever.
0: hundred percent. I think the impacts of COVID have have really, really hit the economy incredibly hard. And I don't think we've seen the true impact. I think the um, the furlough scheme has definitely buffered that. So I think after the 31st of October, when that ends, we're really going to see the truth come out. Um, so it's, it's been incredibly hard, but there's an undoubtable opportunity opportunity for innovation, creativity and growth. And there's, there has already been a huge spike in the number of people that are starting their own business or shown interest in starting their own business. And they're all looking for new ways, like you say, to, diverse, to diversify their income and solve the new problems that have come to light as a result of the pandemic
1: yeah and I think um throughout any period of disruption uh there's always opportunity throughout uncertainty there's always opportunity and i think we're going to see a period of a, an increasingly so of innovation and technology will be at the heart of this so how do you use technology when you're you're sitting down with an um, with a with a prospective new client or who who she wants to start up her own business she's got um a sound business plan uh, have you got a go to suite of technology of apps that you've Uh, work with people encourage them to use to make their life easier
0: yes absolutely so we are completely cloud-based we we don't work on paper at all again I think that really heavily aligns with the Instagram vibe and the companies that we get from Instagram I have never been asked where I live no one really minds where I live because they understand that they run their business online too and location isn't important but the value really is so that's the first thing is that being paperless a aligns with your clients and you know Again, it's that pain point. I understand them. Um, and the second thing is making tax digital made huge steps forward for all accountants and their clients. So we're completely paperless. We do have a suite of different software. So we partner with all four major um, major accountancy firms. So we partner with Zero, QuickBooks, Sage, and FreeAgent. And then, like with our partnerships with Starling, we have partners and account managers at different banks and different softwares. So not only do we partner with them, we can provide discounts on softwares training on softwares and like dedicated account managers and support so we really haven't niched into one software I don't like that I think lots of different softwares meet different needs and it's very important to be able to give clients a choice you do get clients that just come and want an answer and you're able to give them the answer this is what's right for you but a lot of people really really like choice so we've we've not just gone down the road of partnering with um with one one software we have a whole suite that we enable and and integrate with so i think that's really really important to provide flexibility in the, in an industry that in the past like we've said has not been very flexible
1: and obviously um sources of finance access to finance is one of the top three uh, reasons that had stopped women going into business uh, according to the forbes study so specifically where do you point um business owners in terms of access to finance
0: so again, it's about having really good relationships with banks. I think I think the pandemic, if it's given people anything, has enabled people who, like we said, would normally be, oh, I would do that if I was able to. And actually, this furlough scheme has enabled people to have another source of income and actually go down the self-funding business model rather than having to go somewhere else for finance so I would point them down two routes either is this actually an incredible idea that could grow so rapidly you could be self-funding without the need to to source elsewhere if not let's look at some different options we partner with different banks let's work together put together a, a sustainable business plan that really really works and is very solid and then let's put you in front of the bank
1: so you've actually part of the service that you provide is the forward-looking piece where you're helping them to put together a business plan and you're helping them with a cash flow forecast. So it's not just transactional tax advice, for example, or, or no. compliance advice. You're, you've are you got an idea, let's get your thinking down into a business plan and then help you get that in front of the bank so that you can engage with them.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest selling points is, we keep going back to the pain points of small businesses, but we're a small business too. And the biggest thing for any small business is expenses. And we understand that it's really important to know what your expenses are and to know that they're not going to change. So the price, once we understand a bit more about your business, the price that we quote, and unless something significantly changes within your business, that price won't change. It's a fixed cost. We invoice 12 monthly, so you pay one twelve every month. So it's not a really big expense at the end of the year. Um, we're working with businesses to make sure that if they're ever going to get a bill that they weren't expecting, it's definitely not from us. <laughs>
1: And so you, uh, because you are working uh, across boundaries, across borders. Do you do you find uh, on Instagram? Do you find that actually you are attracting clients in, uh, across different territories around the world?
0: No, I I have specifically been approached by people from Australia, um, the US. However. Tax advice and generally accounting advice is country specific. So whilst I can provide the business mentoring and business support, I can't actually provide the accountancy and tax services. So
1: yeah, because that's specialist knowledge yep. down to the idiosyncrasies of the UK market, for example. Um, where do you see other than the fact that somebody talks them out sells out of an idea for a business before they even get started in the early stages of growing a business? where do you see people sort of um, trip up?
0: I think a lot and this isn't gender specific so many people get so tied into working in the business and not on the business and that's actually really incredibly difficult thing to do to actually remove yourself step away and I, I think that's where my MBA has been invaluable it gives me time to to really think about scaling and growth and we are growing very rapidly and it's very important that the things that are integral to what founded us as a company never change regardless of our size so i think working in the business and not on the business is incredibly difficult and it feels like if you make jewelry if you stop making jewelry the world will come to an end and you don't have time to look at your finances and you don't have time to put together a business plan but actually that's why the future is you, the jewelry will help you, but actually taking two hours away, just two hours a week away to work on the business rather than in it will help you.
1: Yeah, for, for sure, and um, having that clarity of space for thinking and uh, and something to think upon in that thinking time, I think is massively, massively important. Sometimes, yeah, like this morning, first thing, I went out for, a, um, I just went out for a walk up a nearby hill, and it was just a beautiful day, and it was just a bit of space to think away from the kids, a bit of space 100%. to think and and to think about the week and to think about yeah. business, etc. It's really important.
0: Yeah, we have a puppy. And so we have to take the puppy for a walk every day. And that's our mindfulness. But I am. If you ever speak to one of my clients, they will tell you that I'm very, very passionate about mental health and mental well-being. And actually, mindfulness is a huge part of that. And I think as a business owner, um, mindfulness comes in many shapes and sizes. And actually, that walk with my puppy is mindfulness for me
1: yeah that was one of my observations actually we had uh, some family friends staying over uh, relatives of mine staying this weekend and they brought their dog with them and the the benefit of the dog gets you out in the fresh air. the kids love the dog so i I went out on this walk this morning and there were the only, the only other people out there were dog walkers and you just thought if you're forced to do that on a day uh, you know first thing in the morning on a daily basis you're getting out you're getting an exercise, you're getting fresh air, you're getting an uplifting views, and hopefully getting some time and space to to think.
0: Absolutely. I think as well with the pandemic, a lot of people working from home for me, that dog walk separates me being at home and being Rachel and then going to work. So when I come back from the dog walk, I'm at work. I think that's a huge importance to a lot of people now is being able to separate that intentionally.
1: So we talked about Instagram, I mentioned it a couple of times. How do you avoid yourself being, you know, going on to check a post, place a post, and all of a sudden, half an hour later, realize you've just been sucked down the rabbit hole of social media and you've been scrolling? How do you you get the balance right so that social media works for you and not against you?
0: It's a really good question. I think like you say, there's, there's huge studies relating to time spent on Instagram, uh, sorry, not just Instagram, time spent on all social media and impacts to your, to your mental health. And social platforms are literally built to release dopamine every time someone likes you or follows you or comments on your post. So we, our brains are trained to love social media. Um, From a business owner's perspective, there are lots of different softwares, different apps that you can work with that will either control the amount of time that you do spend and focus the time that you spend. Or if actually you find that you can't go on there and not scroll and look, there are lots of other softwares and apps that you can work with to schedule the posts that you'll stick. Such Um, as... Uh, such as i think it's planally and
1: we use hoop sweets and one
0: do yeah so yeah. there's there's lots and lots of different ones um but yeah, so for a lot of people, if they actually find they cannot step away and can't not scroll, um, scheduling posts to, And again, there's lots of research about certain times of day have much higher impact. And for business owners, that's when you are at the height of your work capacity. So um, scheduling posts is definitely something that I would in- encourage anyone who um, has a, a social network site, even if it's not their main platform to, to look at and consider like, am I running at top efficiency? Should I be scheduling my social media posts? But those are the two things that I definitely recommend to to business owners. And how do you
1: split your time between uh, percentage between working on the business, promoting the business versus working directly with clients?
0: So that's a really good question. I I think it it, it changes as the business is growing. Like I said, we're we're growing very rapidly. We've just been given um, a place on an amazing course sponsored by Santander. And it's a growth and scaling program to really help us um, to make sure that we are, like i said scaling the business whilst not losing anything that's very very important to the reason that we we founded um so that's been incredibly helpful that's every week i take 4 hours out um and that's either working on a business plan or attending these online assignments and and working with peers that are also on this course and that's been incredibly helpful again a lot a lot of people aren't in position to be able to do that but just schedule time schedule time what even if it's once a fortnight you block out four hours in your diary because if it's not in your diary it's not going to happen schedule a recurring outlet reminder that tells you to not even pick up your laptop and just focus on the business love
1: that. I love that. Um, What else gets in the way of success or consistent success? Because one of the things I find is uh, working with organizations, businesses, they've been established for a number of years and they plateau. So they've had growth and they plateau and they can't break out of that kind of um, plateauing. What what do you find that works for, for businesses that are lost some of that umph and certainly lost some of that momentum and they're in a plateau phase?
0: Um, I would say a global pandemic
1: (laughs) would work as an answer. (laughs) Let me understand what your answer there. uh,
0: (laughs) A global pandemic would definitely make a company reconsider how they work, whether or not that is optimal, whether or not they have plateaued, and are they doing the absolute best to serve their customers? I think, like I said, if, if anything positive has come from COVID, everybody is reconsidering innovation, creativity, and considering their growth. And I think... It's brought lots and lots of challenges and, and, and issues, but in the business industry, I think this is going to be a real, real turning point where we're going to see real change now in, in what's coming.
1: Completely agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more. In actual fact, there was a, a previous uh, interview that I did was a gentleman spoke to a number of CEOs of um, uh, multi-billion dollar companies in the US, and they were saying that actually now they're having to look Redesign the business from the bottom up, look at all costs that maybe things they' just uh, endured with for some time they kept going some product lines they kept going that weren't really profitable and and they're just looking at where's the opportunity to make us more nimble to make us to innovate to get rid of stuff that's no longer performing, and yeah that's all come about because they've had to because of a global pandemic
0: that's the I, we've seen people pivot from we've had one client who used to do pest control and within 48 hours they were making masks COVID face shields within 48 hours and that was a company that was they they've now said to me that in in hindsight they thought they were plateauing towards the end of their career and they were going to retire and within 48 hours they had pivoted from pest control into face shields wow yeah
1: wow that's quick
0: yes it's very very quick quick. (laughs)
1: But that, that speed of innovation, I think, is going to be another thing that's going to come out. Is that those that are iterating, that are innovating, that are moving forward, testing them and iterations of their product or service to the marketplace and getting feedback from the marketplace, they're going to rise out above ab- above the competition,
0: aren't they? 100%. And even just their customers' habits have now changed. So if you, if you were a face-to-face business before, actually post-COVID, you might not be um, because our habits – we thought it was going to be quite short term. It's it's now not. You know, we're now yeah, six yeah, months yeah. six months in. Our habits yeah. are now permanently changing, and so for businesses, their customers' habits are changing, and you need to react to that.
1: Yes, little woo-woo to know how much of our time we'd be spent on Zoom, would we? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know, so yeah. eight eight or nine months ago. Um, we talked about mental health a couple of points in this conversation. How are you helping your clients keep a sense of calm, perspective, sanity? through the turbulence and the craziness and the negativity on social media etc
0: yeah it's a really good question i think firstly so social media management and, and just an awareness of are you using instagram mindfully is really important and i think the benefit is that we all do the the people that i that i speak to and, and i have relationships with they they manage instagram so you do have a better perception of Instagram's not reality. I'm posting on Instagram that I'm doing a podcast with Gavin today. And actually from Instagram, that looks like all I'm doing today when in reality, (laughs) this is a 16 hour day and this is my lunch break with Gavin. So it's very important that people recognize that. I think as well, mindfulness, practicing mindfulness as a, it's a life skill. It's not, it's not a hobby. It's not this wishy-washy thing. It's actually a life skill. And if, if you and everybody can do it, I always that I couldn't be mindful I couldn't calm my brain down and actually really really understanding and treating it as a skill is very important I now would consider myself to have that skill again things like yoga um, having a very very solid morning routine is very important to me Um, I use a concept called miracle morning where you do lots of different things in the morning so
1: Hal
0: Hal Elrod's book yeah exactly so I do Miracle Morning every morning and I spend an hour reading writing doing exercise um, and doing affirmations and visualizations and that's really really important part of my life and I I spend a lot of my time mentoring and, and having really valuable conversations with clients about this business cannot run if you are empty and it's very important that you remember that you are the most important person here and you can't you can't give if you're empty
1: I love that um how did you get into that side of things because that's not normally part of the curriculum uh in the <laughs> training so how did you get into the wisdom you know the the importance of a morning ritual the the, the self the personal development aspect of, of what you clearly do
0: um reading educating myself I I, yeah, I'd, I'd say up until about three or four years ago, it wasn't something that I would ever, I probably would have called it a bit, bit wishy-washy. And I now understand that there's not many things that actually having a good diet, exercising and having positive mental health can't solve. And um, yeah, like I said, I read that book, Miracle Morning. I, I read a lot. I've definitely tried to educate myself on these things. And I think it's, these are skills. They're not hobbies that people have. Yoga is not a hobby. Yoga is being able to practice mindfulness. Uh, physically and mentally, is is a life skill, and I think being able to pass that on to other people is is also a privilege. So.
1: And it's been a privilege to share your lunch hour with you, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and joining me today. Thank you for reaching out for me through the power of Instagram. <laughs> and so you certainly walk can you talk. Um, I'm sure you will have captured uh, the attention, the imagination and the interest of a number of people listening to this podcast. We're now in a hundred downloads in 101 countries around the world. And in fact, only last week, I think we had our biggest week of downloads ever. Uh, so if anybody wants to find out more about you, about Accountant She, how do they do that?
0: So I would love for you all to follow me on Instagram. So I am accountant underscore she, and my website is she all one word, dot com. Um, I think something as well that I wanted to touch on really quickly is um, a really, really important part of the business is that we support women's aid. And um, if anyone doesn't know, obviously, my whole business is is generated around women. So there wasn't a more appropriate um charity or something that I, I feel very very strongly about this and um, Women's Aid help women and children to escape abuse and to recover from that and on their website they have a, a live chat that connects survivors with expert support workers and they have a survivors forum that bring other people together and Women's Aid is a charity campaign for sustainable funding and to bring about um, life-saving sa- life changes in policies and law in the UK and Women's Aid will remain a charity until all women and children are safe. So if you do get onto our website, you can also access the Women's Aid website from there.
1: Fantastic. And if somebody wants to download your new book, your new tax guide about influencers, how do they do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In both the same places. So on Instagram at accountant underscore she or accountantshe.com.
1: Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. Now, of course, um, in the world of Instagram, you're going to go from an immaculately uh, engaging, influential lunchtime uh, interview to um, uh, uh, you know go for a beauty therapy or something this afternoon, aren't you? No, (laughs) you're going to surely now you're going to be straight back into QuickBooks or (laughs) back into tax returns and everything like that. And to me, this is a great example of how you can blend the outreach the marketing and time in and getting you in your business out there with the day-to-day activity of doing what you need to do to look after your clients which is is great to see you doing that thank you for reaching out it's been a real real privilege thanks rachel
0: and you thank you for having me
1: you've been listening to the business mastermind podcast Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.